So the question I've always had is, is deep dish pizza the casserole of pizzas? Or is it the pizza of casseroles? It sounds like your answer is, it's the casserole. I would, yes, I would agree with that. Um, And on that note, welcome to Sanity Check, a podcast devoted to staying informed and sane in the time of Trump. I'm Ben, and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. We are recording on the evening of Thursday, May 18th, 2017. Today is day 119 of the resistance, so it, it feels it feels slowly like a lot more than that. Surely, right? the last 24 hours have felt like a lot more than that. Yeah, seriously. Uh, if you enjoy what you hear, you can subscribe on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or at our website, sanitycheckpod.com. So we're going to get started with our best and worst news of the week. And uh, Andrew, why don't you uh, hit it off? All right, I'm going to start off with my worst, which is which is still sort of funny. It's worst on spec. Um, the my worst news of the week is uh, uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, who uh, held himself a press conference and said he was going to take uh, some sort of undersecretary job at Homeland Security. Um, he is an absolute monster. Um, he's an authoritarian. Uh, monster is fascist. like that's sort of offensive to monsters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he is, he is uh, so like, bad it almost cannot be overstated. He runs a jail that's been accused regularly of withholding water as punishment. People died because of it. Um, there was a mentally ill person who died after not being given water for a week. It, it's it's up, just appalling. It's it's inhumane. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and he's an African American, like it's so, which is makes it even more offensive somehow. <laughs> well, I'm not going to touch that one, but uh uh meanwhile as he said this, what's what makes it a little more on spec is um in well, response to a true. question from the yeah. Los Angeles Times, the Department of Homeland Security gave this statement. The position mentioned is a secretarial appointment. Such senior positions are announced by the department when made official by the secretary. No such announcement with regard to the Office of a Public Engagement has been made. Um, so we'll, I guess we have yeah. to see what happens. He may have just jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe he's making stuff up. Maybe he's just talked himself out of a job. I don't know. Um, but if he... Just to be clear, the, what, what I meant by saying that he it's even worse that he's African-American is that of course, many of the people that he is so horribly mistreating are African-Americans who are being uh, persecuted by the criminal justice system. Um, And he ought to be even more sensitive to that as a person of color himself. That that was all I intended by that. (laughs) Um, He's an asshole. That's his main category. Yes. First and foremost, Assholes are assholes. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'd like to make an announcement that I, I'm going to be the new undersecretary to the White House chef. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's... Congratulations. That's huge yes. news. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, that's fantastic. I'm going to be making well-done steaks with ketchup. <laughs> with, with ketchup? Served with two Hunt's, scoops of... Hunt's ketchup. Hunt's ketchup served with two scoops of vanilla ice cream and an mm-hmm. extra cookie. The most beautiful piece of chocolate cake, yes, you've ever while, seen. While while launching 
cruise missiles. <laughs> It'd be like, um, um, like instead of a candle. So speaking well, of all of that stuff, <laughs> my best of the week is um, that there has been actual progress on looking around because there's so much smoke. Um, the undersecretary of, uh, no, not the end, the, whatever Rosenstein is. The um, deputy attorney general. The deputy attorney general uh, has appointed um, Robert uh, Mueller. <laughs> Robert. I can't get over the baseball player, Bill Mueller. Um, former baseball player. Uh, appointed Robert Mueller uh, as a special counsel, um, which allows him to be uh, essentially a unsupervised, uh, impartial investigator into Trump's association with Russia and its involvement in the election. Um, this is fairly huge. Uh, it actually allows things to move forward unhindered. This position has prosecutorial power. Um, so he can bring charges if he feels it's necessary. Um, this we'll, is, we'll definitely this is, get more into this. We'll get more into this, but this is I mean, this, this is, is, the, is this is the biggest story of of the week. Obviously, this is movement into things that we want to be happening. Yeah. Um, so that's my definitely a good thing. All right. So that actually segues into my worst of the week, which involves Robert Mueller's. Um, being named as a special counsel, which overall is a great thing, as you said. But I do think that we're going to see some some negative consequences kind of ancillary to it, which we can also discuss in more detail when we get to it. But basically, I think that congressional Republicans are going to use his existence to really slow roll the congressional investigations. Um, which is going to be a real shame because those are the ones that have to answer to the public and divulge public information. Um, And they're also going to use the existence of the special counsel to say that they don't really need to worry about it anymore and try to advance their awful congressional agenda. I don't know if they'll succeed with that, but they'll they'll certainly try, I think. Um, In terms of my best, I'm going to go with Jason in the House, Jason Chaffetz, officially announcing his retirement from Congress, effective Mm. June 30th. So I won't have to see his uh, Weasley teeth any longer. In Congress. In Congress, right. There's a strong rumor that he's going to be... On television. Every day. Yes. For your viewing pleasure of his teeth. At the, uh, the phone news channel. Do you think that Fox News has better dental care than Congress? No, I do not. Um, it's certainly when you consider that his teeth are definitely a pre-existing condition. <laughs> so I, I definitely don't. Um, so let's move into our, our our main topics of the week. And boy, what a week it has been! It's been it's been just. You can't even react before the next thing happens. It's been crazy. Yeah, I mean, we we were considering when to record this week, and we kept on pushing it back just because we Things were so concerned that crazy shit was going to happen. It seemed like every day at 6 p.m., either the Times or the Washington Post would break some just gigantic story. Or Reuters, or McClatchy, or... 
It's like a, just, just a dozen stories. Or Trump would just say something. Or Trump would just say something. Yeah. So, which actually, that leads into our, our first story, um, which was that it was revealed, I want to say, on Monday now that um, during the highly publicized meeting that Trump had in the Oval Office last week with uh, Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, and um, Sergei Kislyak, the uh, ambassador of Russia, the, the day after he fired James Comey. And a photographer. Uh, a photographer who right, was actually a member of the Russian state media and brought God knows only what electronic devices into the Oval Office and perhaps may have left some there, accidentally Oops. or not. In any case, uh, in addition to that just being like a huge insult and breach of all sorts of weird diplomatic issues... Uh, it, it turns out to have been much, much worse than that um, because it was, it's been now revealed that Trump decided to boast to his guests about the level of intelligence that he receives every day. He gets like, great no intelligence. No shit. Great intelligence he's the every day. president. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's supposed to get the, the best intelligence, right? And in order to prove what great intelligence he get, gets, he decided to reveal some of it to his guests. Um, and apparently what he revealed had to do with these uh, potential laptop bombs on planes. So um, uh, most listeners are probably familiar with the the fact that for the last couple of months, planes flying into the U.S. and the U.K. and a few other countries from certain Middle Eastern origins have um, not allowed passengers to have laptops or tablets in the cabin, um, presumably because uh, terrorist organizations had figured out a way to stuff working laptops with explosives. Um, and there were even some rumors going around that all flights from Europe into the United States were, are going to to have this um, this the same... Uh, issue um, and so we, we all knew about that but we didn't know where the intelligence came from so Trump apparently revealed the essentially the source of that intelligence he he revealed the um, the fact that there was an undercover agent who had penetrated ISIS he named the city that this undercover agent was in um, and he may or may not have revealed the the country w whose intelligence service um, this person worked for. Um, but he that's he huge. That's actually yeah, way more than I had even heard. Yeah. So of like he specifics. He clearly gave enough information that the Russians, who let's remember are our adversary, could reverse engineer the information that they had re just received and figure out a lot of information about who this agent was, um, methods potentially that were involved in the collection. Um, and it, it put the life of this agent in danger and, um, and probably undid months, if not years of intelligence work. 
uh, on behalf of uh, the friendly um, intelligence service. Um, it's since come out that it um, it was the Israeli intelligence service, the Mossad, um, and uh, it, this was intelligence about a Mossad agent who has penetrated um, ISIS. So that, that that should make for an interesting conversation between Trump and Netanyahu um, this weekend when yeah. um, when Trump is in Israel. I should think uh, so. You know, in Israel already... Netanyahu, really a back-down kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, Israel already was very wary about sharing intelligence with us since Trump took over. Um, Obama, who you know famously had such a great relationship with Netanyahu, still warned him to be very careful about sharing intelligence. Um, and this is really only going to make that a lot worse. Plus, I could totally see Netanyahu using this as leverage, you know, being like, all right, you gave up our intelligence asset, so now you, you have to do what we want on whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he wouldn't even be totally wrong in this one instance. But I thought Trump was the master of leverage and negotiation. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, look at all of the wonderful deals that he has struck since taking over as president. It's true. The, the many um, people who he has brought to his side in his uh, yeah. masterful... I think it's it's really reflected in his um, in his all time low approval ratings. <laughs> um, so this is just I mean, apparently as soon as this meeting broke up, uh, you know there, there were you know H.R. McMaster was in the room and was un- undoubtedly aghast at what was happening. Um, phone calls started being made to Israel and to other intelligence partners and like damage control was um, trying to be done. Then the White House sent McMaster out to say that none of this had actually happened um, until Trump tweeted the next day that he had totally done it. He's like, I can do whatever I want. I'm the president, and I can. I gave some facts to our friends, the Russians. Which is technically true. He is allowed to declassify whatever he wants, whenever he wants. The president Le- legally. Is, the, is the declassifier in chief. Now, traditionally, it would be done in a more organized manner. But yes, legally, that is, that is true. Whether or not it's a good idea, though... Right, is a totally different thing. Yeah. And certainly, um, like, can't you imagine a world where where this would happen and everyone would go, like, hey, what? And he would say, no, actually, like, there's a pretty good plan for this and here, like, don't worry about it. And then, uh, and then you know, some Republicans in Congress would be like, we've been briefed on exactly what went down and it's a great plan and everything's going to go smoothly. But well, and that's probably that's not happened, what happened. That's probably happened behind closed doors lots of times that we don't know about. Right. Right. But what happened this time was a little bit different. He was just bragging. He was just bragging. And the outcome of this was um, was Mitch McConnell saying, hey, maybe, like, don't make our job so hard. Yeah. I mean, and it was also another case, which we've had a number of recently, of Trump undercutting his own staff. Yeah. 
Um, he keeps on sending them out to lie for him, and like they lie over and over again, and then he, he just, just blows says what he right out from under him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like the the Lester Holt interview last week when he totally confirmed that he obstructed justice and fired James Comey for not shutting down the Russia investigation. Yep. Damn, um, he did. And I, this was particularly damaging because I think McMaster, you know, along with James Mattis, are, were two of the only people senior in the White House who had any credibility. That's why he um, sent them out this time. Right, I mean, and it was noticeable when McMaster went out, he didn't deny everything that had been reported. He said the story as stated is not true. And he said, I was in the room, which was definitely true. That part was true. He was in the room. Uh, But he didn't really deny what was in the story. No. So, I mean, I, I felt that there were, like, a bunch of different ways you could interpret that. Um the way I chose to interpret it was that he was ordered to go out and lie and he wouldn't completely lie. Yeah. And so like, that was the closest he was willing to go. Um, but it's still, I mean, it still obviously undercut his credibility moving forward. I mean, and that was followed up by a, a, a press release. Uh, is that right? What's the, the story? Uh, well, on this? there was, was... In the original story, they asked for reaction, and there was reaction denying it in the original story. And then there was a press release from Dina Powell, who is the uh, deputy national Mm -hmm. security advisor, who more strongly denied it than McMaster had. So the the story that I had at the beginning was this, this initial press release had no name on it because nobody would sign it. Yes. Well, they're right. There was... um, the one that came out of the White House press office. And this has happened a bunch of times recently, that there have been statements that have come out of the White House press office that have been unsigned, which is pretty telling. Which is pretty telling, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you, Somebody should be like, I think well, this, is, this happened. Well, normally it would be signed by the press secretary or the director of communications hey, but- or, you know... Sean Spicer has a he has a reputation to uphold. You know? Well, he may not anymore. There were some reports today that uh, he's not going to be doing the daily briefings uh, true. When, the, when the president comes back from the Middle East. Um, he had a lot of work to do uh, regarding our next story, which took place um, the day following the revelation of this horrible breach of classified intelligence. Um, which was, uh, there was a report which was confirmed by every big news agency in the country that James Comey has a set of memos. Um, He's apparently um, a noted memo taker, um, and uh, he, he wrote down memos detailing every single conversation that he had with Trump. So in this particular instance, um, James Comey, the FBI director at the time, had a meeting in the Oval Office. Um, We know that at least Mike Pence and Jeff Sessions were also present for this meeting. At the end of the meeting, apparently, the Donald ordered 
Pence and Sessions to leave the room because he wanted to speak alone with James Comey. Now, that is very strange. There is almost no circumstance that I can imagine where the president would need to be able to speak with the FBI director and not be able to have the vice president and the attorney general, who is technically the boss of the FBI director, in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it suggests that Trump knew he was about to do something that he wasn't really supposed to be doing, um, which was in this case, he asked. James Comey, if it would be possible to just shut down the FBI's investigation into his good buddy, General Michael Flynn, the former National Security Advisor. Um, Comey said that would not be possible. And I mean, can, can we make time after this to get into the Flynn thing? Because you didn't put it on the yeah, sure. thing. Or can we, I mean, it's, it seems sort of cut and dry, but like... Flynn, it seems fairly well documented now that the the administration, that uh, Flynn told uh, Don McGahn, who was the name? White House counsel, the White House counsel, during the transition, um, that he was an unclaimed paid consultant for a foreign nation. Um, and... The this is all stuff that came out today, actually. It came out yeah. today, uh, some of it today, yeah. It's been sort of building towards it. Um, yeah, and uh, and that he just felt he should disclose that, you know, he was patently working for a foreign nation in secret. Um, and it was decided that they should go ahead and continue to make him the national security advisor. I think the biggest deal to come out of that, besides the fact that Don McGahn is clearly a really inept White House counsel. Well, is he's that, an inept American counsel. Yeah, right. Uh, is that Mike Pence was running the transition team. Right. So the idea that Mike Pence didn't find out about this at the time is extremely hard to believe. It's, it's either impossible to believe or uh, makes him impossibly incompetent. Right. Like so there's, no, the there's no... Way around those two things, um, and the story that we've been given is that Flynn ended up being fired because he lied to Pence about being uh, connected to the Russians and the Turk Turks, um, and so on. And then Pence went on TV and lied for him, and then Pence found out and was really angry, and that was no good, and so they had to fire him. And this really kind of sticks a pin in that balloon. Um, and is, you know, this is again, um, that and the also reported, uh, 18 plus contacts during the transition right. between, uh, the campaign and the Russian. Well, and it's just, it, it's established a pattern of Pence going out and lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the claim always has been that he was doing it unwittingly, Mm-hmm. Um, last week, it was when he, he said that it was definitely Comey was fired because of Rod Rosenstein's memo, um, which has been demonstrated to be extremely false. First uh, by Trump saying that that was false. Yes. 
then by Rosenstein saying that that was false. Really everyone in, directly involved in it has said that that was false. So, I mean, we don't have direct evidence in this case that Pence knew he was lying, but again... It becomes harder and harder to believe. Right. Um, so, anyway... <laughs> Who's, who ends up... What's the over... What's the over-under on presidents in a calendar year? Uh, I'll put I, it I at two. Know. Two presidents in a calendar year. Who takes the over? Well, don't you have to put it like one and a half or two and a half or something one like a, that? Oh, uh, yeah, two, 2.5. I mean, you probably take the under. Because <laughs> <laughs> even, smart... even if you skipped over Pence, that you would still probably only have two. You would go to like the Speaker of the House. But I you'd only have two. Yeah. Can you deny? Can you be like, I'm Paul Ryan, and I decline the offer of becoming the president? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'm not. It like, certainly has never happened like, before. Thanks, but no thanks. Give it to um, Hatch. I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. If you, if they are obligated. I mean, I mean, they the, could, the succession they, they could line always... is like thirty long. It's there's places to go. Well, there's that, and certainly uh, they could always, if they really didn't want to do it, they could resign their position. Right. Um, but I don't know if they could keep their position and just and not be like thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. But the, I mean, the the biggest deal about going back to this memo, um, yeah, right, <laughs> is that. Um, we there's now written evidence in the form of James Comey's memo, um, which, to be fair, we haven't actually seen yet, but the Times had it read out to them. Um, there's written evidence that the president directly asked him to stop an investigation just because the president wanted it to be stopped. Um, and... That's pretty much textbook obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really hard to describe it in any other way. And Fo- followed in short order by firing the guy who refused right. to to allegedly order. allegedly refused to follow that order. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think there are questions about whether or not a president can be a sitting president can be indicted. Um. I don't think that's a settled question of law. Right. Um, there are some people who argue, the, the Office of Legal Counsel has argued that a sitting president cannot be indicted because an indictment would interfere too much with the president's ability to execute the executive functions of the government. Hmm. Um, when you take into account that we presume people to be innocent. And right. I can understand that to a certain degree, um, but it would certainly be obstruction of justice sufficient for, I think, uh, an article of impeachment, a political. The success of which would immediately permit that indictment. Yeah. And, I mean, the historians in the audience will remember that two presidents have been uh, successfully impeached. 
Andrew Johnson, who was the successor to Abraham Lincoln, was uh, successfully impeached for um, for removing his uh, Secretary of War, which was the equivalent of Secretary of Defense at the time. And then Bill Clinton was impeached over the Monica Lewinsky affair. Um, and in both cases, obstruction of justice was at least one of the main charges uh, in the impeachment case. And it would have been it's as well... It's never the crime, it's the cover-up. Yeah. It, it would have been obstruction of justice for Richard Nixon as well if it had gotten to that stage, if he hadn't resigned. Um, to go back to Flynn for a second, he his lawyer also today said that he will not submit to uh, documents that have been subpoenaed from him, um, which would yeah, probably which pres- file under obstruction of justice. Well, I mean... Or contempt pres- of court, and then I don't know where it goes. Presumably, uh, he's making a Fifth Amendment claim. Well, I, I would just guess. I didn't hear that yet. It, it's I only going to make sense would... to me. The, that he won't the wording cooperate. in the report was that he will not submit to the subpoena. Right, and I mean, he does have the Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate himself. So if if the documents that they subpoenaed incriminate him in... I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, we should get a lawyer on here to discuss these things. It may be that he has a constitutional right to um, to withhold voluntarily turning over... Uh, those documents i'm I, i'm not sure um but it Where's... it it again indicates that he de- almost certainly has stuff to hide um mm-hmm. and would like to cut a deal <laughs> he he would i mean we know like he it. would like he, to cut a deal because he, he told us he tried to loudly. he tried to and and we have further confirmation this week that both he and paul manafort are the subjects of criminal investigations uh, by the FBI, um, with active grand jury involvement. I mean, it, it, it's not good to be Michael Flynn or Paul Manafort right now. No. Um, they, they are in. I mean, it. It's hard to see unless they cut some really good deals. The king of all deals, yeah. How they don't end up doing some prison time. Um, and I, that wouldn't be great for Trump to have his campaign manager and his top foreign policy advisor slash national security advisor in prison. That wouldn't be a, a great look. No, not particularly. Um, I bet they'd get some good relationships out of it, though. Oh, yeah. They could meet some interesting people, learn about some different communities, perhaps. <laughs> learn how to make uh, Pruno. <laughs> For those not familiar, Pruno is a wonderful beverage that is often made in prison. Toilet wine? Yep, toilet wine. Sometimes used by radiators, sometimes instead. Mm. Um, so speaking of the FBI investigations, um, we don't currently have an FBI director. That's right. Um, as we got into in a fair amount of detail last week. And... Uh, by this time next week, we we may have a new FBI director, and we can talk about that then. But it sort of is irrelevant, because the biggest news of the week hit, like, 
a bomb yesterday at at 6 p.m., which was that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and this is all as Andrew mentioned at the top of the show, appointed former FBI Director Robert Mueller to be the special counsel to head the probe into Russian involvement in the American election. Um, and this is a massive, massive development. It's huge. Um, I've prepared some uh, biographical information on Robert Mueller. And uh, and don't, don't worry, after that, I have a not-so-brief timeline of the oh, then, rules. Then, then is the not-so-brief. <laughs> then is the not-so-brief part yeah. regarding the rules for independent or special prosecutors. Excellent. Okay, so Robert Mueller, who is our new special counsel, was the FBI director prior to the illustrious James Comey. Um, And I I do think he was just about the best possible choice that could have been made in this instance, because he's widely respected on both the left and the right, and so there aren't going to be too many complaints about that. Um, He's had an interesting career. He started as uh, a U.S. attorney um, from from Boston, um, and uh, he did that for a long time, which gave him prosecutorial experience. Um, he became the FBI director on September 4th, um, 2001, exactly one week before 9-11, and then obviously had to head up the FBI in probably the most difficult time that the FBI has, um, has ever faced. Um, it also meant that, you know, as he had only been director for literally one week before 9-11, he wasn't really implicated in the intelligence failures um, and was able to take a strong hand in reshaping the FBI into the domestic intelligence agency that it is today. He is really the person who's responsible from taking the FBI from a uh, domestic law enforcement agency that, you know, uh, chased after bank robbers into a modern law enforcement agency slash intelligence agency, uh, which focused on counter espionage and um, anti-terrorism and all of the modern things that you need the FBI to do. Um, he also is the second longest-serving FBI director in American history um, after J. Edgar Hoover. He was appointed, um, you know, as I mentioned, right at the beginning of the uh, George W. Bush administration, served through the entire George W. Bush administration and through most of the Obama administration. FBI directors are uh, nominally appointed to 10-year terms in order to try to make them somewhat apolitical. They're not tied to... Um, presidential terms. Um, President Obama actually asked him to stay on for an additional two years because when his 10-year term was up, uh, there was also um, a new CIA director and a new Secretary of Defense, and President Obama was concerned that there was too much turnover going on in the intelligence community and that it compromised national security to have so much new blood at the same time. And so for continuity's sake, he asked Mueller to stay on. Mueller agreed and was confirmed with a 100 to zero vote in the Senate. Um, So he ended up serving um, 12, almost 13 years. um, And uh, until he was replaced by James Comey about three and a half years ago. 
Um, since then, um, he's been in private practice and has been kind of the go-to guy when huge international level corporate shit hits the fan. He kind of comes in and investigates and lays down the law. Um, so most notably, um, he's the person who mediated the Volkswagen um, diesel scandal mm. last year. Um, and then, again, the uh, Takata airbag uh, scandal as well. Um, and uh, apparently did a, a really good job with those. Um, he stayed with his law firm for that. In this instance, um, he has resigned from his law firm so that there can be no conflict of interest and will be um, returning full-time to the government. That's weird. Somebody involved in this without a conflict of interest. I know, I know. Well, I mean, you can argue that he has a conflict of interest in the sense that the law firm that he was working for also represents Jared and Ivanka. But huh. I don't think he personally had anything to do with them. Yeah. Um, but he's he's known as, like, the ultimate straight shooter. Um, he's not going, completely apolitical. I've heard him described as James Comey without the ego or grandstanding. <laughs> Uh, although he and Comey have a very good relationship, so um, he should be able to get whatever information he needs to get out of him. Um, He is not a leaker, um, and this is part of what I meant when I said earlier that I think we're going to be getting a lot less public information. I think with him in charge, the intelligence community, which has been leaking stuff to the media, is going to feel much less of a need to do so because they will feel that the investigation is in good hands. Um, and he is not going to leak. He's not going to hold press conferences. Um, he's just going to investigate in a dogged way, and um, I have a f- fair amount of faith that he'll get to the truth, whatever it is, um, but we may not find out what that is for a while. Um, yeah. So I, I, I do think it's important to go over quickly exactly what a special counsel is, Um we have a somewhat complicated history with that, um, which I'll, I'll try to uh, to simplify as much as possible. Um, the most famous case of a special prosecutor in American history is definitely Watergate in 1973. Um, and so that was a guy named Archibald Cox. Um, and then when Nixon wanted to shut that down, he asked the attorney general to fire him, and the attorney general said no and resigned. And then he asked the same thing of the deputy attorney general, who also said no and resigned. And then he just kept on asking people until someone would say yes, and he made them the attorney general. <laughs> and that guy was Robert Bork, who then went on to be um, rejected as a Supreme Court nominee under uh, Reagan. Um and uh, the whole episode of him firing the special prosecutor was really the spark that that led to um, Congress getting heavily involved and would have led to his impeachment if he hadn't resigned. So there was a lot of, as you can imagine, concern after that, that the special prosecutor was not sufficiently independent from the executive branch, particularly mm-hmm. if they were investigating the president and that we needed to change the rules so that they would be fully independent and the president couldn't fire them or mess with them in any way. And so that was basically put into uh, law after Watergate, um, and that ended up being kind of a clusterfuck. 
um, and both parties really hated it. It was first used a bunch of times by the Republicans in the 70s to investigate senior staff members of Jimmy Carter to find out whether or not they were drug addicts. Um, and then, more famously, um, it was used by the Democrats to investigate the Iran-Contra scandal. And then, most famously, the last special prosecutor that we had, who was fully independent, um, was the odious Ken Starr, who was appointed by the Republican Congress to investigate the Clinton Whitewater scandal, and who ended up indicting um, Bill Clinton, not for that, but for the uh, Monica Lewinsky affair. Um, and um, it became somewhat clear, I think, to both political parties that <laughs> when you had the fully independent counsel, particularly if you had a guy like Ken Starr, who uh, like really enjoyed his job perhaps a little too much um, they could run a little bit amok and uh, that there, there was no, literally no check and balance on them at, th at that point and that was kind of as problematic as them not having independence from the executive branch in the first place so that law was allowed to expire by congress in 1999 and a new set of rules was drawn up by Janet Reno, who was the Attorney General at the time, um, and her staff for the current um, special counsel um, law. And it's a little bit complicated, um, but under current provisions, the Attorney General, or in our case, uh, the Deputy Attorney General, who is acting as the acting Attorney General in regards to Russian investigations, can appoint a special counsel with as broad investigative powers as the Attorney General sees fit. Um, the council then essentially takes on the role of the attorney general um, with regards to that case, um, except that they are independent rather than a politically appointed figure like the attorney general was. Hmm. Uh, and they have full investigative and prosecutorial powers. Um, with that said, they're not as independent as the... Um, independent the independent councils were in the 80s and 90s so um, they can be overruled on their decision to prosecute or not prosecute by the attorney general um, and they can also be fired by the attorney general though it is written into the rules that there are very narrow reasons why they're supposed to be allowed to be fired for like malfeasance or like severe dereliction of duty it's not you're not supposed to be able to fire them just willy-nilly, um, but it is technically possible. Um, I suspect in our case, Robert Mueller is such a respected figure that it would be very, very difficult to fire him uh, and or to reject the results of his investigation. So I don't think that will come into play um, too much. Um, it's important to note that in this case, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein um, gave him uh, pretty broad um, latitude um, for the investigation. Um, he gave him sole power to investigate all matters related to the election and Russia's role in it. And that obviously encompasses the Trump campaign and, and administration. Um, and he empowered him to investigate anything that directly 
arises in the course of that investigation. So there, Ooh, that's a that's a that, broad that, swath. It, it's a very broad swath, but apparently it could be even broader. Yeah, um, because it's the word. There's the word directly there. Right. Um, so, for instance, uh, Trump asking Comey to shut down the Flynn investigation. Can you argue that that is something that would have come up directly in the investigation of the Russia situation? Maybe not. Um, happened a long time after. Right. Um, but the um, special counsel is able to go to the attorney general and ask um, to have investigative powers widened um, if he or she wants to investigate certain things um, and um, and to ask for additional resources. Uh, I believe the way it works is that Mueller will now have 60 days to submit an initial budget, but he can always go back and ask for for more resources at any time. And again, I think he's so respected um, that it will be, you know, unless he asks for something totally crazy, um, he's going to get what he needs. Um, and then he, of course, has the... That, that just for point of order, that gets signed off by Sessions. No. No. So, because Sessions had to recuse himself. Normally, it would be Sessions. We, <laughs> what is recuse oneself? Because this week, Sessions has been accused of unrecusing himself, and Nunes has been accused of unrecusing himself. That, that is totally true. Um, and and is there very... any repercussion? Is that just, like, a word people use that doesn't actually mean anything? There, uh, supposedly, there are some entity in Congress which has lodged a complaint about Sessions uh, and his recusal and maybe violating the terms of his recusal. To which everyone um, said, what's for dinner? <laughs> I think in theory he could be disbarred and charged with a crime. And even if, if, certainly if he was disbarred, he wouldn't be able to be attorney general anymore. Sure. Um, Nunez, that's like a really new I thing. You don't have to be. You, there's so many cabinet positions. You don't have to be an ex to be that cabinet position. Yeah, but I think you need to be an attorney to be the attorney general. Maybe, maybe I don't know. You could be right. I have no idea. Um, but in in this instance, the um, the order that was drawn up naming. Um, Mueller as the special counsel was definitely written by Deputy Attorno, or T Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Mm -hmm. So he is clearly the person who sends is, the checks. Yeah. He's not actually overseeing him because he's abdicated that, but mm -hmm. he, right, as you say, he's the one who signs the checks. Um, and interestingly, he did not give the White House a heads up. I heard 30 uh, minutes heads up. <laughs> But well, yeah, 30 minutes counts. 30 minutes before it was announced, but the uh, order yeah, had right. already been written and submitted. Right. Um so as I say I think Mueller is a great pick. Um you know, he was the FBI director until three and a half years ago and when it comes to this investigation, I think he's essentially going to act as both the attorney general and the FBI director. Um in the sense that I imagine that most of his investigative capacity is going to run through the FBI, um, and he's going to be the boss. Like mm -hmm. there will be a new FBI director named, but on all matters regarding Russia, they're going to answer to him. Mm 
Um, and obviously, he's not really going to need to get up to speed on how to do that because <laughs> he ran the FBI for 12 years. Um, and probably most of the people who are there already worked for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's bringing with him his old FBI chief of staff um, and so on. Um, so it's uh, I, th- I think he'll be able to get up to speed pretty quickly. I mean, he'll need to. He'll need to find out all of the stuff that the FBI already has, but right. yeah. um, uh, I imagine that once the investigation gets going, he'll he'll proceed as at, at a dogged pace. But I don't think we're going to get a lot of information about it, and that does concern me in a few ways because I don't think, for one thing, I don't think this changes at all the need for congressional investigation or even a 9/11 style independent commission. Um, I guess one thing that is interesting about special counsels is they have no, there's no mandate that they have to release a public report. Hmm. At the end of their investigation, they have to release a report to the attorney general, or in this case, the deputy attorney general. Um, But that's a private report, and it would be up to the deputy attorney general to decide whether or not to make all or any of it public. Um, And it's obviously important in this case that the public finds out the truth yeah um and if we want to have any chance of continuing to find out things as they develop other than the times and the washington post finding stuff out and getting it to us which i hope they'll continue to do um that would have to be through you know public hearings in congress or in front of an independent um commission and I'm afraid that the Republicans who control all those committees are going to use the existence of the special counsel now as an excuse to say, oh, well, there's a special counsel. He'll take care of it. So we really don't need to do anything anymore. And we'll get back to whatever bullshit we're doing normally. Have you heard anything since this announcement of uh, so Comey scheduled to sit in front of him? This week? Next next week? It was next week, but that happened before the special counsel was named. Right. And I'm not entirely sure if that's still going to happen. I haven't heard an update. I mean, if if Mueller says to Comey... Hey, chill. <laughs> don't do yeah, it. Yeah, like, don't, don't do it. Just talk to me in my office. Co- yeah, then Comey's going to do that. Yeah. So, um, like, the, the only way that... Because they didn't subpoena Comey. They just invited him, right? right the, yeah. the Congress. Um, so well, they, I, they, they invited him to a private session, and he said, tell you what, I'll do it yeah. if it's a public session. Right. And so he, uh, what was supposed to happen next week is he was going to do both a public and a private one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is voluntary on his part at the moment, so I don't know if that will still happen. Um, and, you know, Lindsey Graham, who is such a bullshitter, you know, was saying today that he thinks this is really going to um, impede the congressional investigations because, you know, he doesn't want to step on the toes of of uh, the special counsel and and so on. And um, so, you know, I think it's I think it's really important. And Adam Schiff, the uh, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, who's done a good job, has been already banging this gong, um, which is to say that we still need an independent commission in addition to um, the special counsel because they they sort of serve 
two different purposes. Right. Um, and they have access to different investigative resources um, and so on. So overall, I would say this is a terrific development. It, um, it takes a lot of agency out of Trump's hands in terms of being able to completely kill the investigation. I think it will be close to impossible for him to do that now. Um, but, you know, I want to see more. Yeah. Um, so brief aside, update to something I said earlier. Uh, Richard Burr, chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, is saying that Flynn's lawyers have not said that they won't provide documents. They have not yet indicated their intentions regarding the Senate Intelligence Committee subpoena. I welcome their willingness to cooperate. So who knows, basically. So, so who knows. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's... we are. I, I think we're in pretty uncharted territory here. I mean, I, I think we've moved past Watergate in terms of kind of proven high crimes and misdemeanors. I mean, the, the president keeps on going out and, like, literally just saying the bad things that he's done. And Which the is... accusations are so much bigger than, than Watergate. Watergate was like party infighting. It was stupid bullshit. At its heart. I mean, there, that was really like the cover-up was way worse than the crime. Right. And this is actual like... Bad crime and bad cover-up. Bad crime and co- bad cover-up. Yeah. I mean, it's so... Potentially. It, like, probably. I feel like... And, you know, and, and you're starting to see it a little bit more... Um, among Democrats in terms of actually actually using the word impeachment. Um, and one thing that was interesting to me is that after that Comey memo came out, it felt to me a lot like the atmosphere at the same time that that Access Hollywood tape came out during the campaign, hmm. where you had Republicans kind of in droves starting to like not want to be on TV or say... Pretty well, Kellyanne canceled an appearance, right? Like or and Justin you know, like, Amash said the word impeachment, right? Republican and yeah. uh, like even Fox News couldn't get pretty like any Republican senators to come on TV that night, um, and it, it just it felt like a little bit of a turning point, and obviously Trump waited that out during the campaign and managed to get past it and their cowardice and treasonous behavior uh, uh, didn't end up doing anything. But I, I I felt like we were at another one of those kind of inflection points where it was possible that Trump was going to be start to be abandoned by um, by Republicans in Congress. And I, I do feel like um, th- the special counsel in a weird sort of way gives them a little bit of an out. Yeah. Um, where they can say, well, you know, it's bad, but mm, see, now we've got that special counsel. So then the question is, how long do you think they can keep Trump from opening his mouth and giving him something new to worry about? Right, right. I mean, <laughs> and he's not done a great job with that already. I mean, <laughs> you know, yesterday he gave that awful, awful, and this was before the special counsel was announced. The Coast Guard speech. Awful, Right, commencement address at the Where Coast he's Guard like, Academy. I'm here to talk to you today about how hard my life is. 
Right, and you know, he, like... he, he claimed that he had been more mistreated than any politician in the history of America. And that is ignoring, you know, the many politicians um, in American history who have been assassinated. So a great, would, picture, would... great picture of that quote uh, superimposed over a picture of Nelson Mandela in prison. Right, right. And, he, you know, he's not American, but like, you get American. the idea. But, like, you know, JFK, um, RFK, Martin Luther King, I mean, it, the, Abraham Lincoln... You know, Ronald Reagan was shot. Um, Gabby Giffords more recently. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I, but I would call that worse mistreatment than Trump has gotten. <laughs> um, and then he, he couldn't contain himself. And this morning he sent out a tweet calling the uh, special counsel a witch hunt. And uh, again, he called it a witch hunt at his dual press conference this afternoon with the president of Colombia in which he also amusingly um, commended Colombia on um, on their really successful war on cocoa. <laughs> uh, which yeah, I thought was pretty funny. You can't let those people get get so cuckoo for cocoa puffs. No, it's just. I mean, it, it's not the, cool. the war on hot chocolate is no joke. <laughs> um. um it's, and he, the amazing thing is that he was reading that off a piece of paper, mm. so he just must not know what coca is or how to say it, mm-hmm. because he's a moron. <laughs> Do they make puffs out of it? Yeah, probably. It's my only interest. Um, so what are you, in light of all this total madness, what are you doing to stay sane? What does that even mean? Uh, I this mean, week? yeah, it's just like I've I've been sort of waiting for six p.m. every day just to see <laughs> like what the next bomb is going to be that drops. Wow. And I guess this week it's all been stuff which has been quote unquote like good for our side, um, just in the sense that it makes Trump look bad. Um, right. And you know, I'm very happy that uh, this special counsel was was named i mean i don't think that uh rod rosenstein should be sainted or anything like that but um uh but thank you for this yeah yeah i mean um it 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 was a good move so i yeah i I would say i'm i'm gonna sleep a little bit better knowing that trump can't at least easily fire robert Mueller now Mm -hmm. um but I'm, Sam. I am concerned about the the public facing uh, aspect of the inquiry, and uh, and and making sure that the Republicans aren't allowed to ignore what's going on with Trump and try to push too forward on um, on their horrible health care and tax cut stuff. Yeah. So, how about you? There's just too much things are happening and and real things, real movement in, in this process, and it's just too early to know. And there's, for me, there's no sanity to be had until there's some stability. So I'm just sort of on pins and needles, you know, like. So you don't feel that the special counsel adds a little bit more stability for you. It's just that my head is still spinning, I guess. Yeah. Is, 
That's is, fair. is where it is. Like, like yeah, the, that, you know, by the time the second headline with about what the special counsel is doing, by the time he's even gotten to the White House, to, like, wherever it is that his office will be, then sure, maybe, yeah. Um, but right now it's like... Like, all this stuff about Flynn, all this stuff about uh, uh, Comey, all the stuff about... Uh, it's, it's just so many things. Every every few minutes, <laughs> there's something. And some of them are real, and some of them are, like, gossip column But it's just, it's just blow it after insane. blow. It's an insane level of content. Yeah. yeah. This tape yeah. For, of from a year ago of... Of uh, Ryan hushing up accusations of yeah, Trump we didn't Russia. even we we are right, but we didn't even get to. I mean, uh, there's nothing there. The but... number number two member of the uh, Republican House delegation possibly seriously accusing Trump and another member of the party of being on Vladimir Putin's payroll. Yeah, on tape, on tape, right? <laughs> but like, I mean, there's at this point, there's nothing to that. But like, geez. <laughs> There's just no rest for the weary. Um, so I guess looking forward to some rest is how I'm... Is, is hoping for rest is how I'm staying sane. I'll say this. Um, with the news that there's a very good chance that Joe Lieberman is going to be the next FBI director... The a not detest- super Joe. A detestful and totally unqualified person it does make me feel more sane that he will not have actual control of the fbi investigation into <laughs> yeah that's that's true so I'll, I'll 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 at least say that so maybe i'll i'll, I'll leave it there so on that note thanks for listening to sanity check make sure to join us again next week and if you like what you heard you can subscribe at itunes the google play store or at sanitycheckpod.com. And in the meantime, keep resisting and persisting.